0: Scripture reading this morning is Ephesians chapter 6, verses 18 to 23. If you're reading from your pew Bible, it's 979. Let's begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you saw fit to speak directly to us so that we may know your goodness, your love, your plan, Lord as we as we read from your word we pray that you would open up our minds open up our hearts that we would not walk away unchanged uh, that your spirit would guide our understanding of your word and help that understanding to lead to worship Christ name we pray amen Ephesians chapter 6 <clears throat> verses 18 to 23 praying at all times in the spirit
1: Sorry, I spent 10 minutes this morning looking for my Bible. Glad the phone was closer. (laughs) Epicurus, the Greek philosopher, from which we get the philosophy of Epicureanism. No, you know how to pronounce it. Correct it yourself. So uh, Epicurean um, said this, "...it is senseless to ask the gods for what a man is able to provide for himself." Glad I got my phone because I would not have said it quite as eloquently. It's ridiculous to ask the gods for what man can do for himself. What a thoroughly pagan notion, as Epicurus was a good pagan. It's not a good Christian notion. That is not at all the sort of approach we would have to prayer. Pagans would say God helps those who help themselves get to work provide. If you're going to pray and you're going to ask the God to help you, you have to sacrifice something. You have to do this. In other words, the God is really there to help you only on things that are beyond your control, the things you can't do for yourself. Not at all what Paul would say. We come to Paul, and as we've worked through this passage about spiritual warfare, and we've taken um, oh, I think two years now working through the whole armor of God, we, um, we, he closes it up. Having given us all what we're going to wear and how we're going to arm ourselves, he says, praying at all times in the Spirit. Not praying when things get too tough that you can't manage. Don't pray when um, you're, you're in into your rope and you've tried all that you can do and you've tried hard enough. And God is ready to help you because you've done enough. Pray always, in everything. The the um, the the sense of time here is not um, um, kind of the time we measure. Um, it's not something of saying round the clock uh, you want to be praying. It means all times, all sorts of times. In other words, things are going bad, pray. Things are going good, pray. You're struggling and tired. Pray. You're celebrating and thankful. Pray. It's in every season of your life, everything you face, to pray. In other words, you're not waiting just until things are so difficult that you realize maybe I need to call in the big guns on this one. Because for a Christian, prayer is our communion with God, it's our life with God, it's the life that it is our spiritual life. And that we pray in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. I've really been scratching my head over this, and I didn't have um, um, as much pondering time to come to a satisfying conclusion. But do you notice what he says here? Praying by praying. Pray by praying and supplication. Supplication just means to ask. It's a word we don't use a lot, unless you have, you know, a teenager who's trying to impress you, mother, father, I would bring my supplication unto you that I might go with my friends this evening to the movies. We, we don't use supplication, but what it means is you're asking. You're asking it for help. So, in other words, we might almost say praying at all times with prayer and asking and stand alert so that you can make requests. Four times you're getting this, this petitioning language. Sometimes, four times there's prayer or some variation of it being mentioned And I think that's appropriate since we've been told to stand, standing firm, to withstand, because very much the way we stand firm is by praying, by keeping our communion with God, by keeping our relationship with God. And I want us to see a few things about what this shows us with prayer. Um, And after Easter, we're going to have a short series on prayer. Um, but, But notice pray at all times. The first thing that gets us. Do you pray like a pagan? When people ask you how things are going, how can I be praying for you? If you if you get a text from your your shepherding elder that says, How can I be praying for you? Which I hope you get one of those on occasion, do you look and think, you know, the, the kids are doing okay, everyone's healthy, job's going good. I don't need prayer. You're praying like a pagan. You're praying like Epicurus. You're able to do everything who needs prayer. Do you look and say, well, so-and-so is sick. We need to pray for them. Um, So-and-so is sick, and and it's not going to be taken care of just with ordinary medicine. They really need prayer. Are we kind of thinking that there's kind of variations of when we need to be praying? Because if you look at the way Paul approaches prayer, it's not just about asking for the things that you think you can't handle. It's praying for everything. Um, We're going to see this when we get to the way Paul asked for them to pray for him. So, pray at all times with prayer and supplication. Keep alert with perseverance. Good advice for prayer because maybe the secret to prayer is perseverance. That's what many of our, our Savior's parables told us, that we Persevere and pray. Continue to pray. Knowing our Father loves to give us good things, don't give up on prayer. And He gives us examples of that. But how often we do not persevere in our prayers. Um, I mean, one is just when you're praying, do you ever have the experience of saying, you know, I really want to pray for five minutes. And you, you pray and you list everything you can think of and you're straining your heart. Two minutes. Or do you ever say, I'm going to persevere in prayer, and you start praying, and this is what my prayer so often becomes, Lord, be with so-and-so. Oh, that reminds me I need to do this. Oh, that reminds me I need to do this. And my prayer becomes giving my to-do list before God. Or, or do, 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 you, do you struggle praying for something for a few days, and then you kind of forget, and it falls off, and you, you your mind wanders because how fickle we can be that we're suddenly thinking of something else, and we lose patient's praying for something. We say a few prayers uh, for God to do something, and we give up. But we're called to persevere, continue, keep at it, day in, day out. Not that our prayers have to be terribly long for them to be heard, but that we persevere and that we we know that God is listening, and He's there, and we're we're empowered by the Spirit. One of the um, things is then that we pray, keeping the Lord, making supplication for all the saints. So we are to pay, pray. We pray in the Spirit, um, praying, persevering, but also for one another. I think this is something that's good for us to remember is um, in our Christian life, we so often very much think as individuals. I I've, I've said this before that we, we tend to read you and we read it as a singular you because they didn't have enough Southerners on the Bible translation committees to let us know y'all pray. And he's speaking corporately. He's warning the, the plural you. I guess we can just be grateful there wasn't enough folks to get it used guys. But we, we know it means plural, but we read it singularly. We read it as though it's just me. It's me in my prayer closet. But I, I think Paul... And most of the early Christians and probably most Christians through much of history would have read this and understand, certainly you pray individually. Certainly you need to be praying daily by yourself, praying daily with your family. But I think kind of the priority and and kind of the first thing that comes to their mind is this, praying together with brothers and sisters, that the church is corporate And here's this reminder that we are to pray for all the saints, supplication for all the saints. Now, we're pretty good at saying someone's sick and they need our prayer and they really need our prayer, so we're going to pray for them. But but Paul here isn't saying make your list of people who need healing and and are facing difficult times. He wants us to pray for one another all the time, and especially corporately as we're lifting one another up in prayer So does does the idea of praying with brothers and sisters seem almost an afterthought, or something that you have to be reminded of, or do we think of this is when we are praying, and we're also praying individually? I mean, certainly we 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 do both, but I but I think we almost put this in a different category and thinking that it is only our personal prayer life. No, I, I think there's a good reason for that. We, we don't want sort of a, I do this for a show in front of everybody else without doing it privately, but our, our, we need to have heartfelt faith when we are alone with God. But how much more so when two or three are gathered in His name, lifting His praises, but holding one another up in prayer. So it's no mistake that Jesus teaches us to pray. When He gives us a model of what prayer is like, He doesn't say, my Father, our Father. There should be a sense of when you're alone praying, you're remembering you're part of of the church and you're praying for others as well as yourself. So it so easily comes to mind of praying for my needs and praying for my immediate family's needs. But are you praying for the people in your Sunday school class? Are you praying for the people you sit next to and sing praises with? Are you Are you praying not only for those who need healing, but for those who need spiritual guidance and growth and wisdom? Are you praying for our parents to um, raise children with God's wisdom and, and guidance in their life? Are, are you praying for the children that you've promised to pray for when we've baptized them? Are you promise Are you praying for the elders and the leaders? Are Are you praying for all of Um, the saints? Are you praying for our missionaries? Are you praying for not just the needs that need to be taken care of, but also the things that Paul asks us to pray? I love this. Paul doesn't say just. I mean, there's other places where he's saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you in this way. I'm praying that you know God's love. I'm praying that God's love is made real to you. But it's not just, I'm doing this for you. Paul rightfully says, I'm with you. I need your prayer. And I love this. We have an example of how to ask people to pray for us. Paul says, Pray also for me. What does he pray for? That the words may be given to me, opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador of shame, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. God, give me wisdom and words to say, and may I do it with boldness. Help me be faithful the mission I've been given. So, one thing is Paul is certainly not saying, um, pray for me when I really need it. He's praying for the work that he is doing. Now, think about this. This is Paul. Now, Paul is not new to this. Paul has been preaching constantly. Paul, I mean, God's writing most of the New Testament. I mean, he's, he's got skills, I mean, he's able to list those skills and the study he does and the Scripture he knows and the things he's done. And there's times he's been able to say, look how skilled I am, but he doesn't rely on that. So there could be a strong temptation for Paul to say, well, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I know what I'm doing. Um, Get me out of these chains. But what does he say? He still is asking God would be with him to do the things that he needs to do, even though he could rely on his strength, he could rely on his skills. Take that, Epicurus. God, be with me even in this. Do you pray for God to be with you even in the things you think you can handle on your own? That we do it with gentleness and love, that we do it with with excellence, that we do things in a way that that builds up Christ, um, that we do our work in a way that glorifies Him. He's calling for God. And look at this. Paul is in prison, in chains, when he's writing this. But notice he doesn't say, pray that my jailer trips and hurts himself. (laughs) He doesn't say, give me a really good attorney. Get me out of this mess. He doesn't pray that things will get better. Um, Actually, I had someone share with me an earlier, Tim Keller quote that Paul never prays for circumstances to change. He doesn't pray for that. He prays that he would be faithful. He's not praying for release. He's praying that in the condition he's in, he would speak God's truth, and that he would do so with boldness. He's he's asking to do so faithfully, and I I call this that he didn't even ask that the people who hear him would believe. I'm certain he believes that, and there's certainly that we, we ought to be praying for efforts, but he's not praying to be successful. He's praying to be faithful. Let me do what I'm called to do. We are to pray at all times, Knowing our, our need for God, knowing our need for Him, not just seeing Him as someone who helps us out to get the things we need, because at the heart of it, this is spiritual warfare. In other words, all that was listening to this to say, "Here's how you do it: you you pray." Spiritual warfare is prayer. That is how we stand. That's how we stand, and how we wrestle against the powers and principalities is praying. There that is our life as Christians in, in this battle, is to pray. And because at the root of it all, the battle is a battle for your heart. Where are your desires? Where is your longing? Where, where is your love? Because the, the real battle is, am I going to love the God who sent His Son to die on the cross and showed His love for me? Or am I going to be deceived to love something else? Am I going to be deceived to, to desire something else? Am I desiring God? I'm going to pray to Him in all cases. I'm going to pray to Him for everything. I'm not just going to use Him to get something else. I'm going to come to Him and pray for, with thanksgiving for the good He's done. I'm going to pray with, um, with desire for the things that I might be faithful. I'm going to pray that the, the situation I'm in will be used to glorify Him, that I would have wisdom, that I would do the things I need to do. And if you're praying, you realize that you have what you're really wanting is communion with God Himself, and you've won the battle. You're standing as long as you're praying and staying in communion with Him. Would you please stand and let us um, boldly proclaim um, the faith which we believe through the words of the Nicene Creed?